0: Welcome to Anxious Like You, a podcast hosted by Micheline Malouf and Nadia Adesi, two therapists who are anxious like you. In each episode, Micheline and Nadia dive into their guests' experience with anxiety and give you the tools you need to face your anxiety head on.
1: This podcast is made in collaboration with Dive Through, a mental wellness company. On today's episode, we're going to start off with an activity. For the next 30 seconds, no matter what you think about, no matter what you do, do not think of pink elephants. Again, you can think about anything else. Just don't think of pink elephants. I'm going to set the timer. Ready, set, go. Okay, let's stop. Now, Nadia, what are you thinking about? Of course, I'm thinking about pink elephants. You're thinking about pink elephants, but I told you not to.
0: But it was impossible. It was the only thing I could.
1: Oh, that's so interesting. So as soon as I tell you not to think of pink elephants, you couldn't stop thinking about them.
0: Not only just thinking about them, but I was visualizing a pink elephant in my head.
1: (laughs) Did you try to replace the pink elephant with anything within the 30 seconds or to distract yourself?
0: Yeah. I had a water bottle in front of me and I was like, think of the water bottle, think of the water bottle. But I wasn't. I was still thinking of a pink elephant.
1: That's the thing with intrusive thoughts that we're going to talk about on this episode is that the more we try to stop them, the more they persist. And even if we try to push them away or think of something else at some point or another, that thought will come back to us. So Nadia, do you want to tell us about some common intrusive thoughts? Of course.
0: Here is one that I have myself and I hear about all the time. I want to drive myself off this bridge.
1: Oh my gosh. That one is so scary. And I have that one all the time as well. (laughs) I remember I used to drive down the highway and like think, oh my God, I have so much control right now to just like merge.
0: It's frightening. Yeah. I used to travel for work. I used to actually go to clients' homes for therapy and I would have to drive I know you're not familiar, but there's a place called Hamilton and it was about 40 minutes away. And there's this massive bridge that everyone from the area knows. And the whole time in that bridge, I'm trying to distract myself. Like you said, don't think about driving off this bridge. Don't think about driving off this bridge. Put the radio loud, focus on the water, literally anything else. And every time I'm thinking about driving off that bridge.
1: It's so scary how that happens, you know, the intrusive thoughts. And also another one that's really common that I've heard of. I know the driving one has been a common one for myself, for you, for people I've talked to, but also sometimes when we just think of like hurting somebody we love with a knife when we're like chopping up the vegetables, it's like, okay, um, I could totally stab my best friend with this knife right now. Mm
0: -hmm. Yep. I've gotten that one. I've also gotten the knife in my hand saying like, I could just chop off a finger. Oh yeah. (laughs) What would happen? I'd be fine. I would just go to the hospital and it'd be okay.
1: You know, the one I have with knives mostly, it's like, what if I lose control and I go crazy? And then like, I like stab myself or somebody else with this knife. It's almost like not necessarily I could, but what if it happens and it's out of my control?
0: Okay. That's interesting. I get something similar of what if this knife just drops and then stabs my foot?
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Okay. More other ones. Um, let's say I cook or I bake something an hour later when I'm in bed, I'm thinking, did I poison everyone? Did I intentionally add poison to the recipe to make everyone die?
1: Mm -hmm. Another one is what if I hurt my pet?
0: What if I hurt my pet present or like doing something that hurt them? And then you're reflecting kind of like the poison.
1: Both. So like, what if I accidentally hurt my pet? And then what if I like threw my pet out the window? Or what if I squeezed it so hard that like, you know, it it, it hurt, it got hurt, like Norman, like, what if I squeezed him so hard? And like, he got, he got hurt, I couldn't control myself.
0: Yeah, definitely ones I hear as well. Also, unwanted sexual thoughts about inappropriate individuals is a common one, children, Mm -hmm. authority figures, Mm -hmm. family members.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that one's a common one. And that one's actually one that most people are mo- really afraid to talk about, because it is so shameful. And because it is, you know, it comes with a lot of questions about ourselves, like if we have those type of thoughts, like, why am I thinking that? Yeah. And a lot of people commit suicide because of thoughts like that, because they're not aware of what's happening. And they're worried about why it's happening. And then they're
0: questioning who they are as a person and all their morals and everything that they've ever Mm -hmm. thought they
1: had or worked towards having. Exactly. As you can imagine, there are probably so many more intrusive thoughts that we can have. And really, what is the definition of an intrusive thought?
0: So intrusive thoughts are thoughts that come into our consciousness that are distressing, scary, and or shameful. We try really hard to push them away, but they seem to stick around and intrude and can cause us to feel shame and fear.
1: We never want them and we never like them. Mm -hmm. So they're intrusive, right? So that means that they are there and you don't want them to be there. You don't want them to be there. They're intrusive. Otherwise, they wouldn't be intrusive because if they're uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. They're not, you know, they're not there because you summon them to be there or because you like to think about them. They are there because something is happening in your life and they just pop up and they're so scary.
0: Do you think that they happen to everybody?
1: I think so. I think all of us have intrusive thoughts. I know I've had intrusive thoughts. Like I said, some of the most common ones I've had are really about like driving myself off the road or or like oh my god I could totally like die right now I could jump off like I remember traveling and we were me and my husband were in Peru and Machu Picchu which is like this huge cliff and it's like this beautiful scenery but I can't shake the thought of like I could totally like just take one step and like one step and I can just like die and so and that's not like I wanted to do it. I was on my honeymoon. It's it's a very like one of the best times of my life. And I never want to drive off the, the side of the road. It's just It's just something that happens to us. And the more as a therapist, I've actually recognized how much more common it is because when clients come in and talk to me about it and they're telling me, oh my gosh, I have to tell you something. I've never told anyone this. And then they talk about it. And, you know, saying things like I've had an intrusive thought about an unwanted sexual, like thought with this person, this like child or this, this supervisor or, you know, this, this person that I'm not even attracted to or don't care for. And, you know, they don't really want to do it, but they have those thoughts. I started to realize that they were just so much more common than we initially thought. What about you?
0: Yeah. And now that I'm actually saying this out loud, I know I've come to this realization before, but it's more obvious now. There's always something around that's causing the the intrusive thought. So I want to drive myself off a bridge while I'm in a car driving and there's a bridge. I'm cooking with a knife. I have a knife in my hand. I want to poison somebody. I had food to give them. I have sexual thoughts about inappropriate individuals, maybe there are children around or maybe I'm watching a specific movie that triggers the thought. So I think a lot of them are coming from us being in an environment and coming up with things subconsciously in our mind that can be harmful or scary to us. And sometimes it's just our mind's way of trying to protect ourselves in those situations because we are scanning for things that we would deem as dangerous or immoral or uncomfortable.
1: Oh, absolutely. So, so that's, that's really important that you say that because do they mean anything? Like do intrusive thoughts say anything about who we are as humans or our urges or values? Absolutely not.
0: Like you mentioned, every single person gets intrusive thoughts and they do not say anything about your character. They do not mean that anything is wrong with you, that you should feel shame, that you should feel like you're a bad person. They are normal. They are happening to everybody. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's because we are in a state of anxiety. Sometimes it's because our mind is scanning the environment and thinking about ways we're in danger and ways that we need to protect ourselves. Sometimes it's about lack of control, but at the end of the day, it's never about your character and it's never about who you are as a person.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think that's that's the part where a lot of people get really caught up so like a lot of I don't know how you know if you see a lot of clients with intrusive thoughts but when they come into my office and we talk about them one of the main conversations that we're having about it is what are your thoughts and feelings behind these thoughts like what are you afraid these thoughts are going to do right right and um you know oftentimes they think well I shouldn't be having them like I should not be having these thoughts. Obviously, something is wrong with me for having this intrusive thought.
0: Uh, absolutely. I've seen sim- similar things. And something that I've noticed is that you cannot challenge an intrusive thought with logic.
1: No, exactly. Exactly.
0: There is never logic there. We're not going to take out the CBT. We're not going to ask ourselves what the evidence for this thought is, what evidence goes against this thought. Logic will never win against an intrusive thought because they usually mean nothing Mm -hmm. and are absolutely pointless.
1: Yeah. I was actually having a conversation with a client today about this, about these thoughts that come in. And something that came up in session was talking about, we did this container activity where, you know, I think I have a video about this on my TikTok, where you put your right hand underneath your left armpit, and then you take your left hand and you hug your right arm and you sit and, and you, and you notice this is your container of all your emotions. And this comes from Dr. Peter's, Peter Levine's Somatic Experiencing. And I find it helpful to like soothe, self-soothing. But one thing that came up during session while we were doing this was that your body, your physical body contains all of these thoughts and emotions that you're having. It is contained within it, meaning that you are bigger than it. Just like the universe contains us and it is bigger than us and we cannot control the sun rising and the sun setting, Our thoughts and emotions cannot control our behaviors. And just that, like, we had a whole conversation about that. Like, it was like a 30-minute conversation and, like, going back and forth about it. And it was such an aha moment for my client when they realized that this this is your body and your behavior. So if you're having an urge to stab someone or jump out the window or drive your car off the side of the road, well who is in control? You know, you are in control. Those thoughts cannot do anything to you. You at the end of the day decide, and if it's not who you are, then you're not going to do them. So don't let them scare you because they cannot hurt you.
0: I love that. I was doing that along with you and I'm like, yeah, I'm in control. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the master of my body and my mind. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. That's really powerful. And I, I think you kind of touched on it perfectly where You are in control and if you are having these distressing, intrusive thoughts, it's kind of a reminder that they cause you discomfort for a reason and you're not going to act on them. You are not going to have the urge to act on them because of what your morals are telling you and because of who you are. It Mm -hmm. wouldn't be as distressing if you were somebody who did want to act on these thoughts or did think these things. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Yeah. Control is huge. Control also gets tricky because sometimes these thoughts come because of too much control and sometimes they come because of a lack of control, right? uh, So too much control is I have control in this car. I can do anything I want right now. Lack of control is I'm standing over a bridge. What if someone pushes me and my child and we both fall in and what Mm -hmm. happens? So the intrusive thoughts are coming at every angle possible.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, depending on the situation, you know, depending on the situation and the person and your circumstances, and they can really range from stuff that are not that big, or maybe doesn't seem that big, but still causing the stress. Like I suck. I'm not good enough. Um, is my boyfriend cheating on me? Uh, do I love my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my family? You know, questioning your own, uh, self And they can also range to things like, you know, the the more serious ones that are super scary. And I'm sure there's tons of more, like, really scary intrusive thoughts that we didn't even mention, because, you know, they can be so, so scary. So like, whatever scariest thought you've ever had in your life, you know, about something, and you're like, Oh, my gosh, why am I thinking about this? This is so wrong. I shouldn't be thinking about this, that would be considered an intrusive thought, right? Because it's like, it comes out of nowhere. It's just this this thought, it's scary. And you don't know why you're thinking it. And sometimes, like you said, Nadia, it's like, sometimes we have too much control, like in the car, and you want to, you recognize that you have control, and that's scary. And then sometimes it's like, oh, my gosh, this is like a really small bridge. And I don't know what What? could happen. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I find it so interesting that you say saying things like I suck, are considered intrusive thoughts as well. So negative self talk, Mm-hmm. to any extent.
1: Um yeah, I don't know if anybody would disagree with me on that, but I definitely do believe that because I think sometimes it's not it's not just it's not just, you know, these overwhelming urges thought thought about urges or things that we want to do, but just thoughts about ourselves, so like I'm not enough and just that, that repetitive uh nature of those thoughts in like multiple situations or um I suck. I'm a terrible person. So actually, a lot of people with um, who struggle with CPTSD and complex trauma who come from a a, a long history of, you know, traumatic experiences tend to have the intrusive thoughts of being an evil person, or being um, just a really bad human being and like a, 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 a somebody who nobody likes and so so yeah on that level definitely I think they can be intrusive depending on how often they're happening and how distressing they are to the person
0: that's so interesting and I almost find power in labeling that negative self-talk as an intrusive thought because once you label that as an intrusive thought of all those things you're saying to yourself, I'm worthless, I don't deserve love, I suck, nobody likes me. It's like, well, intrusive thoughts aren't facts. So the second you label it as one and the second you recognize that intrusive thoughts have no meaning behind them and they're not worth fighting, it's yeah. almost like a weight gets lifted off your shoulders because mm-hmm. it brings you clarity that there's no truth
1: behind that. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't want to label them as intrusive thoughts, because maybe maybe you are having intrusive thoughts that are much scarier and then you have the thought i'm i suck i'm i'm a terrible human or whatever and maybe you don't find that one as distressing as like let's say some of the other ones we've mentioned you don't have to name them as intrusive thoughts but just what you said like recognizing that they are you know thoughts and and don't say anything about who you are i think that's the number one question that i get it's like what does it mean that i'm having this What does it mean that I'm thinking about this thought? Is that, does that mean that I need to be institutionalized? Does it mean that I need to be, you know, put, be put away? Do I need to turn myself into the authorities? Like what is happening here? Somebody keep people away from me. Right. And uh, the answer is always no. What do you want to do? Do you, do you want to throw yourself out the window? Do you want to hurt your friend or family member? Do you want to poison someone? Would you actually do that? And they're like, no, like, no, why? Why would I ever want to do that? And then the answer is, well, then that's intrusive. It's not, it's not, it doesn't say anything about you, your urges, your values, who you are, who you view yourself to be anything you'll ever want to do. So take a deep breath and remind yourself, I'm having a thought. This is not Really? this is not me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly,
0: And exactly kind of in the definition that we said, they're distressing, they're scary, and they can be shameful. Ask yourself those three questions. Mm-hmm. Is this stressing me out? Am I scared about this? Is this causing me shame? Yeah. Okay. It's intrusive.
1: There's no truth behind it. Yeah. Do you know what causes people to experience intrusive thoughts? I, like we mentioned before, I think
0: generally, most people do experience intrusive thoughts. I know if you struggle, like you said, with PTSD, CPTSD, anxiety, or OCD, they're more common. Mm-hmm. I think if we are experiencing anxiety and we're in an environment that is triggering to us and we are kind of in a state of hyperarousal, our flight or fight kicks in, um, we might have more intrusive thoughts. They might come more often. They might be more scary. It might take longer for them to go away.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: I know we briefly talked about entering an environment, scanning the environment, which is common for anxiety in our subconscious, thinking about all the ways that we might be unsafe or in harm. And then- those intrusive thoughts coming from that. But overall, I think almost every single person in the world does experience them. I don't think they're talked about enough, which is why we feel so much shame behind them because we're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. But I think they're more
1: common than anyone believes. The embarrassed part that like that one, I think is one of the major reasons why people don't talk about them. Embarrassment and shame, right? Like it's like we shouldn't be having these thoughts. And I think people- Will like if you were to like just blurt out what you were thinking, depending on your audience, um, like if I were to say it in front of my husband, I'm pretty sure he'd look at me and be like, are you having high anxiety? But if I were to say it at work somewhere around people that don't know me, they might be fearful. So I guess like really acknowledging like where we are, but like really understanding that there is. These are so common. So if you feel embarrassed about them, or if you feel a deep sense of shame because you're having them, to not, you know, be so hard on yourself because of that, because that's just a natural, a natural part of of, of who we are. Especially if you're living in a high stress environment or have been through so much in your life, uh, because, yeah, like you said, I it's like that heightened that. arousal.
0: Right. Yeah. I was gonna say you work from a trauma informed approach, so I'm assuming you see this often.
1: Oh, yeah. So, a lot of the clients I see from a trauma informed approach, any anxiety type of symptom is seen as what we call hyper arousal. So, anger, anxiety, um, irritability, uh, inability to sit still, intrusive thoughts, worry thoughts. What's happening in your body from that perspective is there is a perceived threat, or maybe there's an actual threat. So, if you're in an actual environment that's dangerous to you, let's say that you're living with a family that isn't safe, maybe you have narcissistic parents, maybe you have emotionally unavailable parents, maybe you have um, a partner living with you at home who is not, you know, it's a rocky relationship. In those types of situations, we might go into our stress responses and you have, you know, your fight, flight, freeze. And, um, the intrusive thoughts fall under more of the hyper because it's constant scanning of the environment, constant alertness. So you're in that hyper aroused state to get ready to fight or run from a threat. And so that's where those thoughts come in. That's from a trauma informed perspective. So, in that sense, we kind of work on regulating that nervous system and recognizing that, hey, like, Am I in danger right now? Like, where's this thought coming from? What am I afraid will happen? And just kind of processing through those open ended type questions and regulating the nervous system. But like you said earlier, like, it does not help to sit there and challenge because most of the time people that are having intrusive thoughts or have been through trauma, they know. They know that these thoughts like they, they're like, okay, well, am I, do I have evidence that I'm going to stab someone? Well, no, I don't have evidence. That I'm going to stab someone, you know, okay. do I have evidence that I'm not going to stab someone? Well, no, also- I don't have a-
0: <laughs> So, and then you're scared and you're like, I don't have evidence for, I don't have evidence against my mind's telling me I'm going to stab somebody. It's yeah. Yeah. No yeah. logic. Logic does not win.
1: No. And, and like, I remember when I first became a therapist, um, because when you first become a therapist, what's what they teach you in school is like that challenging. And and I remember, um, sorry to my first clients, because I remember <laughs> trying to challenge that and like, you know, working through the CBT model for that sometimes. And I remember, um, you know, I feel like sometimes clients are really nice and they want to be like, yeah, okay, here's evidence against it. But like, you could tell intern- internally, they were like, fuck, like, <laughs> like I don't think uh, I'm just saying this to like you know so I, I caught on and then we started kind of working you know a different way but I remember like just being in so much distress like why isn't this working
0: right I know like working for your clients but also working for myself because I would use CBT to challenge intrusive thoughts and we talked about this in the first episode where the intrusive thoughts were like okay I'm gonna get robbed uh-huh. Someone's coming to my house and someone's going to knock on my door and then rob me and tie me up and whatever yeah. worst case scenario. And that's coming from past trauma of where something similar happened. Mm-hmm. So using that logic, this has happened before. It's not going to help me. Yeah. Especially if you're somebody who's experienced trauma, PTSD, CPTSD, and you're looking for patterns, mm-hmm. you're not going to feel better about it if it's something similar has happened in the past. Oh. And as much as many times it is, hasn't happened after that, that's not helping. You're focused on that one specific thing. So yeah, CBT for intrusive thoughts, I mean, might work for some people. If it's working for you, keep going. But
1: I think if it's like one of those thoughts about like, where it could be helpful is like, let's say you're having relationship intrusive thoughts where, you know, maybe your partner has never cheated on you, but you continuously have that uh, thought. Mm -hmm. So it could be helpful, I guess, in some cases, but Um, I guess like with therapy, and this is very important that we all know, like everybody's so different, right? So like, if, if CBT has helped your intrusive thoughts, by all means, like don't stop because we're all so different.
0: I agree. But I also think that an intrusive thought is different than an anxious or obsessive thought and an intrusive thought is hard to get reassurance and to work through because it will probably come back. So yeah. all you're gonna be doing is that mental review of that intrusive thought and it's almost it's almost like a, a compulsion where it's not it's yeah. enabling the intrusive thought. If it's something that is kind of a one off mm-hmm. and you have that intrusive thought and doesn't really come back. But if it's something you're struggling with more often, challenging will give you that immediate relief, but it's not benefiting you exactly really in any way. Yeah. In the long run. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a that's a really, really great point. So really, I guess, I guess it would be important for people to understand the difference between an anxious thought, and an intrusive thought.
0: Yeah, and I hope our definition helps with that.
1: Yeah. So, you know, remembering it's like unwanted, it's usually really intense and distressing is the key word. I think it's, you know, really distressing and uh, typically intrusive thoughts are just, you know, they, they, they come like just, I don't know where they intrude on your life and they don't say anything about who you are. So if you have a high anxiety, naturally, and you're anxious about your partner cheating on you, that might be more of an anxious thought. But if you're not somebody who typically thinks about those things, or maybe don't even like, you know, there's something that's not even in your environment, you know, that's that might be happening. And you're having these thoughts constantly like coming in, then it could be an intrusive thought. But I think, you know, the level of distress is is a is a big key,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, key point in that you know, what is an intrusive thought and what is an anxious thought? So what do you think? Do you agree with that or did I miss something there?
0: Oh, I absolutely agree. And I think if you are somebody who is struggling with anxiety, generalized anxiety, whatever it may be, and it's probably might take some time and might take some patterns. And I find that I do this with clients as well, but it's noticing the difference between an, an anxious thought and an intrusive thought. And sometimes that'll come down to the physical response. Uh-huh sometimes your anxiety will show up in physical ways where the intrusive thought might not. And I find that is the case for many things. Sometimes an intrusive thought can hit so hard that it gives us that physical reaction. But if you do have anxiety, anxiety disorder, whatever it may be, pay attention to your
1: body and that might be
0: the sign telling you the difference
1: between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it it can get kind of like tricky because for me, I also sometimes get like, I know with the car one, I would get like tingly legs. I don't know if you've ever had that tingly leg sensation. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, you you know, it's, I would, for me, it was like the the key difference. This is personal because, you know, for everybody, like Nadia said, like you want to pay attention to different cues on like your body. For me personally, identifying what an intrusive thought was, was something that went completely against what I believed I would do or say you know, or be as a human. So like I didn't at at the point when I was having intrusive thoughts about driving my car off the road when I was driving to work, I was not suicidal. I was not depressed. I was not like going through anything in my life at that point where I felt like I wanted to find ways out. And so having that thought was like, where the heck is this coming from? This is not normal. Like this is not okay. And I remember this was before I was a therapist and just like freaking myself out over these things. So I guess that could be a a thing too. Mm It's like, what's going on in your life? Um, Because if you have a lot of stuff going on in your life and this just start popping up, it could be anxiety related versus if this is like consistent and like ongoing and, you know you're good and you're still having intrusive thoughts. You're not doing good and you're still having intrusive thoughts. And so it could be a really um, distinction.
0: That's a great way to pay attention to things for sure. I think another important point is intrusive thoughts will try to attack things you love the most about other people or things that you love the most about yourself. One that we didn't really cover is embarrassing yourself in public. So oh, going yes. into the mall and just screaming, or being in a restaurant and just standing on the table and getting up and throwing stuff yes. around, whatever it may be, yes. those ones are super common mm-hmm. that
1: I see. Yeah, too. I used kind to of have impulsive. Those. Yeah, did you ever have those? I oh had yeah. Those.
0: <laughs> in my lecture at first year university, there'd be hundreds of people, and I'm like, what would it be like if I just started screaming at the top of my lungs? And then the other side of me is like, mm-hmm. what the hell are you thinking about? Shut that down. That's not going to happen. Yes. But those are common. Yeah.
1: Yes. I had something very similar, like in meetings at work when I would before I was a therapist, I was working at the college and I'd be at a meeting and I'm like, what if I stood up and be like, this is stupid or, you know, just get up and start <laughs> dancing. I remember like I would have sometimes they were hilarious, like they were just not a scary one but like they would distress me because I would think what if I can't control again this was like what if I can't control myself and this is like me about to like jump up and do something I'm not supposed to do
0: yeah oh lack of control does it ever happen this has happened to me so many times where you have an intrusive thought and then you're like oh my god can people read my mind people must think (laughs) I'm effed up right now if they can listen to what I'm thinking and then you're like looking around the environment making sure no one's staring at you mm-hmm. because if they are then they know you're crazy and they know you're having these intrusive thoughts
1: yes and like trying to control your mind so that like they don't read your mind
0: and then you're like I love everybody I love the love- store
1: you're so pretty <laughs> I love your outfit yeah everything that girl's I love- beautiful <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that got really bad for me when there was that movie that came out what women want and he started being able to read like all the women's brains like all their thoughts oh. and like I remember at that time period that's when I started having those because I I saw that movie and I'm like oh my gosh what if somebody is out there that could read my mind and I would like remember thinking about all of these things at like school and work and just being like mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah like I'm such a nice person like trust me you know <laughs>
0: It's so funny. See, it's funny how common they are and how many shared experiences just me and you have. Imagine so many other people relating. From a trauma perspective, or I know you practice acceptance and commitment therapy a lot, what's maybe a tip tip or a technique that you recommend to clients who are struggling with intrusive thoughts?
1: First, I want to say that like obviously we're laughing about some of the intrusive thoughts that are not as serious, but I I don't want to I don't, I don't, I don't think I can say enough how much scarier they can be than what we're what we're mentioning. And so just keep in mind that if we didn't name yours, if they are the scariest thought you ever thought of, they're still not going to control you. And that's really what I do with my um with my clients. So, like I said, with my clients that are um faced faced a lot of trauma in their life growing up, um I do a lot of like separation between thought and, and, and reality. And I also do a lot of uh, nervous system regulation, because when somebody comes in with an intrusive thought, typically, they're feeling really distressed. So you're scared. And when you're scared, you're in that, you know, fight or flight response. And so they're like, really like tense about who they are, they're not feeling well. So we kind of ground a little bit first and then after we ground and we kind of get to that point where they know how to ground themselves know how to you know deal with the body being all out of whack then we kind of come in and say okay what's the thought we do a little bit of exposure work in terms of the thought so saying something like okay what's your distressing thought Nadia what is your distressing thought
0: I have a heater in my room and my distressing thought is what if I put it to the hottest thing possible and then just hold my hand there. Okay.
1: And then possibly like burn yourself. Burn myself. Yeah. 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 So um, when that happens, what happens to your body?
0: It's a weird sense of control. Like it's a weird tense up because I feel so uncomfortable with the amount of control that I have. And then it's a little bit of butterflies in the stomach.
1: Mm-hmm. Because, so, you, you, you yeah. bring awareness to that, right? Oh, yeah. Like, bring awareness to that sensation in your body, and bring awareness to the tense up that you experience. Take a breath and kind of instruct your body to be calm in some sort of grounding technique that we've worked on. So, it could be that container exercise. It could be, you know, uh, doing something like five, four, three, two, one if you're so distressed. But if you're not so distressed, then saying something, one of the things that really helps is saying, I'm having the thought that I want to put my hand up against the heater until my hand burns, mm-hmm. and that is part of acceptance and commitment therapy. By naming a thought as a thought, by simply creating that separation, so adding those those phrase that phrase I'm having the thought prior to the thought gives your brain just an extra second or two to recognize that it's a thought plus the fact that you're bringing awareness to the here and now by you just saying I'm having the thought what you've done is you've taken your body out of fight or flight which is you know the that that part of us that just wants to like escape or like fight something and when we're saying that what we're saying is hey I have enough control over my body and mind that I can recognize that what I'm having is a thought. So it's a form of like a mindful, mindful thinking to where you're bringing that awareness. And then what ends up happening is it, it takes you out of that fight or flight for that brief period of time. Plus it reminds you that your thoughts are not facts. You can even go a step further and say, I'm noticing myself having the thought, which means that you're noticing yourself as an individual in this present moment, having this thought Again, getting you out of that fight or flight uh, response.
0: Yeah. And if anyone's wondering with acceptance and commitment therapy, this is called thought diffusion and it's one of the first steps to thought diffusion. Um, But just by speaking to yourself and acknowledging that you're having the thought or noticing or being aware that you're having the thought, you're almost separating yourself from the thought. Mm -hmm. So now it no longer consumes you, but it's something you're looking at from more of an outside perspective. And the whole goal of that is to just learn to look at it in a non judgmental lens. Mm-hmm. You're looking at the thought, you're not dissecting the thought, you're not yes. trying to judge yourself for the thought, you're not mad at yourself from the thought, you're mm-hmm. just
1: viewing yourself having the thought. Yes. And one important thing with acceptance and commitment therapy and the diffusion techniques that a lot of people, um, when they first start doing it, they kind of get really. Uh, confused by is they're trying to find the measure of reduced anxiety which is not the purpose of it the
0: purpose
1: purpose of it is to recognize it as a thought and recognize yourself as a human being in this world having this thought and naturally throughout time when we continuously practice this stuff yeah typically people report feeling lower levels of anxiety but remember the activity that we did at the at the beginning of the of the um At the podcast, when I said, don't think of pink elephants, as soon as we tell ourselves, don't think of something, as soon as we tell ourselves, don't have anxiety, I should have reduced anxiety, I shouldn't be thinking about this. That's what our brain automatically clings on to even more. Our brain does not like to think in negatives. It does not like Mm -hmm. being told what to do. So recognize a name, right? What do you do with your, with your clients? Yeah, I
0: do exactly that. The same thing as you. One thing that I like to mention, if intrusive thoughts are extremely common, then following those exact steps that Micheline said, where you're acknowledging, you're trying to separate yourself a little bit, but the whole point is to acknowledge the thought but also sit in the anxiety so you're not sitting in the after effect of the thought you're like i said you're not challenging and getting deeper to the thought instead you're sitting with the discomfort of anxiety and acknowledging that you had the thought it sounds confusing but it's mostly just separating yourself from the intrusive thought while acknowledging that you're experiencing anxiety in the moment and then allowing yourself to explore maybe regulate and sit in that anxiety challenging the thought, judging yourself for the thought or going deeper with it is going to cause more anxiety and it's going to not make it go away. Like we said, that mental review can be a compulsion and it will enable the intrusive thoughts. So you do want to acknowledge the anxiety that you're having. You don't want to push that aside. You don't want to tell yourself that you don't want to experience that anxiety. Instead, you want to sit in that while acknowledging that you had a thought that caused you distress, And a way that you can do this in an actual visualization that I do is putting the thought into a cloud and then envisioning that cloud passing by you slowly. And you're just observing it from the outside. So you're literally looking at the thought in a cloud going past you. And then once it's out of sight, it's hopefully out of mind. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a mindfulness meditation grounding technique that helps you observe the thought from a non-judgmental lens.
1: Yeah, I love I love that. Because what you're saying is that, you know, I read a quote the other day, actually posted it to my Instagram story. And it said, you know, one of the issues with Western medicine is that we try to get get rid of like pain or anything else, you can put anxiety in there or whatever, Um, when really, we want to learn how to work with it. And, you know, Uh, use it to our advantage because it is needed, right? We need these things are a protector. So you learning when you're saying that activity of like sitting down and watching them kind of float on a cloud, you're essentially saying I'm recognizing you as a thought. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I'm recognizing you can come in. And and the key there, I think I don't know if if you've experienced this with clients, but initially when we do activities like that, they're like, oh my gosh, but it keeps coming back. What do you do when it when it keeps coming back and you're doing that activity.
0: I recommend them practicing more and more with it. And like I said, sitting with the anxiety, Mm -hmm. but acknowledging that that's likely going to happen. It's not so easy. I know we're making it seem like it's so easy. Think about the thought floating by you and then it's out, it's not, it takes practice. And it takes practice learning to sit with that discomfort and not wanting to immediately react and respond to those things. So it might take some time but I would just recommend doing yeah. it again. What, what, what are you thinking?
1: Yeah, 100%. I think it's one of those things that, again, don't try to get rid of it. So as soon as we, as soon as a client says to me, well, I just put this thought on a on a cloud or whatever visualization, they choose a leaf on a stream or whatever. And it went by and then it came back. And they're like, why did that happen? That shouldn't have happened. My answer is, Okay, let's put the shoulds on the cloud and let it float by. And let's put that thought again on the cloud and let it float by. And it might come back 145 times. And what we do 145 times is put it on the cloud and watch it float by. Because what you're doing there is you're not trying to get rid of the thought. You're simply separating yourself from the thought. And the most important part of this is go in this with an open mind and non-judgment. So if you find yourself saying, this activity is hard put it on a cloud and watch it float by. If you find yourself saying, I can't do this right, put it on a cloud and watch it float by. If you're thinking to yourself, I suck at this, put it on a cloud and watch (laughs) it float by. So like literally, literally any thought that you have while you're doing this activity is put on a cloud or a leaf or whatever visualization. Again, you could it could be a little sheep jumping over the fence if you're trying to sleep at night. Does not matter but just doesn't matter how many times they come back, you're not doing it wrong.
0: The more times they come back, the less meaning they have each time. And you will acknowledge that as you're going through it, you keep putting the same thought on a cloud over and over again. Eventually you're going to get tired of it. Eventually it's like repeating a word so many times it starts to feel unreal. It starts to feel weird and you don't understand why, but it's just almost because you're over it. And I, I, I think that's what's going to happen or that is what does happen for me too when I keep doing it over and over again and then I'm just like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. I'm done. It went by yeah. so many times. It means nothing. It means But nothing. it's an important thing with intrusive thoughts to try your hardest not to attach a meaning to them. Mm-hmm. So you're okay. having an intrusive thought of like doing something bad to your best friend. Don't attach the meaning that you're a bad person. Don't attach the meaning that you don't like your best friend. Don't attach the meaning that... You you have to be scared around your best friend all the time because you're scared that you're going to do something wrong behind them. Just accept it for the intrusive thought that it is without trying to make it more than that. Yes. Obviously easier said than done, but
1: yes. But remember what we said, we said, it means nothing about you. So as soon as, as soon as you start, here's the key. Don't engage. As soon as you start to engage with the thought as soon as a thought comes in and you start to say I shouldn't be having this thought why am I having this thought what does this mean about me when you're questioning that thought what you've done is you've let that thought pick you up and whip you around side to side and now you're spending your whole day thinking about it but Mm -hmm. if you say to yourself this is a thought I'm watching it on the on a stream and I choose not to engage in it. So I choose to, yeah, maybe I have a question about it, but I'm going to choose not to answer it. And I'm going to choose to redirect my attention and bring back my focus to the present moment. So if I am working on homework, I'm going to have that thought, I'm going to watch it float by, and then I'm going to go back to my assignment and it's going to come back and I'm going to put it on a cloud and I'm going to watch it float by. I'm going to go back to my assignment. In the end, when you continue to not engage with it, think of your brain as a really annoying little kid that wants to show you their drawing. And the more you're like, no, not now. They're like, mommy, 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 mommy. And you're like, no, no, no. They're going to throw a tantrum. They're going to go crazy. They're going to throw stuff off the table. And then as soon as you turn to them and you're like, what do you want? And they say, here's my picture. Do you like it? And you're like, yes, I like it. Okay, good. And then they leave. You want to notice, give it the quick attention that it needs. Just notice what is this? This is a thought. This is what's happening. Is it trying to tell me something in terms of like, am I anxious about something? Am I hungry? Do I need to eat? (laughs) Do I need to call my mom? Like, (laughs) you know, something and then redirect and you're going to disarm it so much more in that way than trying to push it away.
0: I love that. You spend almost an hour, 30 minutes to an hour trying to avoid it for something that'll take Potentially mm-hmm. much shorter than that, just to put your attention to it. But to kind of summarize what you said, your thoughts don't have power over you until you give them power. Exactly. Until you decide to engage, until you decide to question, fight it off, whatever it may be, then you're giving them that power. But right when you're observing, it's, it's very different.
1: Exactly. And now think of, um, this is another activity you and I were talking about, and this also comes from ACT therapy, which is acceptance and commitment therapy, um, when if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that your thoughts don't control you, Nadia and I are going to do this. If you're watching this on video, you're going to see it. If you're not watching this on video, just do it with us. Mm -hmm. So I want you to say out loud over and over again, I can't raise my hand and at the same time, raise your hand. So like, I can't raise my hand or my hands, right? Can you say it too, Nadia? I can't raise my hand. Oh, look, you're doing it. oh look so are you (laughs) yeah Yeah. I can't shake my head no and then shake your head no
0: I can't shake my head yes
1: Mm -hmm. yeah and so it's like mind-blowing sometimes when we see that like you are not your thoughts and your thoughts can't control you and And your thoughts are not facts they're not facts (laughs) because we just said that (laughs) and we did it they are not true Mm mm-hmm
0: One of the hardest things with intrusive thoughts, and this can also flow into anxiety and OCD, is that letting go of a thought is not accepting the thought. So letting go of the thought that you are a bad person doesn't mean you're accepting the fact that you're a bad person. It just means you choose in that moment to let it go and not give it power. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's
0: something is probably the hardest part with intrusive thoughts, at least I find with myself and with my clients.
1: Yeah, it is. It is really hard because it does cause that physical reaction. What do you, I know you mentioned earlier about like sitting with the anxiety. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So sitting with the anxiety, I would say more
0: specifically focusing on the anxiety and not the intrusive thought. So I'm having the intrusive thought in my room where I want to put my hand up to the heater and then burn myself Mm -hmm. instead of putting meaning to that thought and trying to understand and questioning if I want to hurt myself or whatever it may be. It did make me anxious. It did cause butterflies in my stomach and it did cause, you know, that, fear in my body, Mm -hmm. not fear, that feeling in my body. So just zoning into that. Okay. I'm feeling those butterflies in my stomach. Is there a grounding exercise I can do right now? Is this anxiety trying to tell me something else? Kind of like you mentioned, am I hungry? Is there something else going on, reflecting on my day, reflecting on other things that may have caused me anxiety that maybe I need to pay more attention to. And then maybe doing a quick progressive muscle relaxation technique, exercise, or maybe Doing some affirmations, which usually affirmations help me in that moment, self-compassion affirmations, not those unrealistic ones we've talked about, Um, but just really zoning into my needs based on my anxiety in that moment.
1: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about some of the affirmations that might be helpful for uh, Mm -hmm. for thoughts?
0: So I I have some created that I often give to clients who struggle with OCD or intrusive thoughts, but I think that they can be beneficial. All the affirmations I use or I create with my clients together come from a self-compassionate lens. They don't come from unrealistic, looking in the mirror, telling myself I am brave, I am beautiful, things that maybe you don't believe in that moment. So here are some of them that I have written down. Um, We kind of talked about some of these already. The first one is letting a thought go is not accepting a thought. The second one is in this moment, I choose to let this thought pass. Third one is just because it's my thought does not mean it's true. Fourth one is my thoughts have power over me only if I give them power. The fifth one is I could observe my thoughts without attaching meaning to them. Sixth one, seventh one, struggling is a human experience. It's okay to feel what I'm feeling. And the last one is I'm proud of my efforts to deal with my thoughts. So coming from a Mm non-judgmental lens where you're kind of like not so hard on yourself and showing yourself the love you kind of probably need in those moments.
1: Oh, yeah, I love those. Those are all really helpful. And I love that they're all workable affirmations because just like you, I don't like the ones where it's like lipstick all over the mirror saying, I'm a badass bitch and I'm amazing because let's be honest, a lot of times we don't even believe that.
0: Right. Like the, I am healthy. I am wealthy. I am, (laughs) I am that bitch
1: (laughs) as much as I love that song.
0: They hype you up a little bit. They make you feel good, but it's really hard to believe them when Mm -hmm. you don't believe them. You know,
1: actually there's research that shows that they could be more harmful when you don't believe them because they feed into the cycle of shame.
0: I mean, that's happened to me before, right? Like if you're somebody who's struggling with body image, you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're telling yourself, I love my body. And then you're like, what the fuck? No, I don't. I hate this about my body. I hate this about my body. And then you spiral. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, my therapist or the internet or these self-help books are telling me that I need to engage in this affirmation. So then it becomes a chore because you're not even paying attention to it. And it's every morning. I love my body. I love myself. When you don't, and it's not helping and this is personal and this has not worked for me in the past and it's something i see in therapy some mm-hmm. people swear by it i mean if it works for you same thing like cbt in yeah. specific situations do your thing like great i'm happy
1: yeah. I find like, if you don't have a, a high level of distress, it might work for you. I, what I noticed again, this was one mi- mistakes from a therapist, uh, <laughs> series. Um, when I was first starting out, I remember, cause like you read about affirmations and you think, okay. So I remember giving some of my clients like, okay, well, affirm to yourself, put it on, a, put it on your phone and like, put it a reminder. And when the reminder goes off, like you just say them to yourself. And I remember like my client would come back and be like, oh that's not working. As a matter of fact, every time my alarm goes off, I just ignore it because I know exactly what it is. And then they started feeling bad about not doing it. And um, so at that point, that's what like prompted me to like, look more into that. I'm like, why isn't this working? And so then I started doing more research on it. And that's when I found that like, if you are going to do affirmations, they have to be workable ones. They have to be things like, I am working on loving myself. I am working on accepting my thoughts. So if you can't get to the point of saying, I choose to let my thoughts go, even if you can't get there, if that's too much for you, then say to yourself, I am working on choosing to let my thoughts go. Yeah. Yeah. I am working on recognizing that this is an intrusive thought.
0: I love that. Yeah, that that holds a lot of power too. And you're just showing yourself that you're putting in that effort and you should be proud Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because you give, you give yourself permission to not be perfect. And that's the issue I think a lot of people have with affirmations is that constant need for like, oh, well, I'm saying this, but I don't even believe it. Mm -hmm. Um, But how can we not believe that we're working on something if we really want to work on it? We believe.
0: Yeah. I think that's a huge part of self-compassion and therapy work as well. It's acknowledging that you're struggling and it's reminding yourself that you're doing what you can to help yourself struggling in that moment. Yeah, exactly.
1: So I think we've covered a, a good, a good lot with um, intrusive thoughts, like what, what they mean. So we talked to you about what they mean. And, and just to recap here, they mean absolutely nothing about who you are, your urges or your values. We talked about when they come up just to kind of follow back around. It's when we're high stress they do come with anxiety disorders sometimes, not all the time. Right. So mm-hmm. everybody has them for different reasons. And we also gave you some awesome tips that you can, you can try out. Right. Yeah. So you want to push the thoughts away, like, do we, are we still thinking about pink elephants?
0: No, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we did think about them for a little bit. Yeah. And now we're ready to let them go.
1: We're ready. Yeah. Pink elephant wants to be there. I'm going to take a look at that pink elephant for a little while. I'm going to admire its pink color because that's cute. Beautiful. (laughs) And then I'm going to turn my attention to recording this podcast.
0: We do want to mention that if you are experiencing intrusive thoughts and it is impacting your day to day, then it is worth it to reach out to a professional. If you have accessibility to resources Um, only if it's really impacting you and you feel like it's getting in the way of the way you used to live your life or the way you want to live your life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's sometimes it's we can self-help with these things, but sometimes they get to the point where they're so distressing that if you don't, you know, can't control them or help help yourself on your own, then um, and it's getting worse Then definitely reach out to a professional. We'll definitely be probably talking more about how to reach out to a professional in in um, future episodes, especially for those of you who don't have access. So maybe finding you some good ways to find access as well. So that, that should be helpful.
0: Yeah. Resources in both Canada and the United States that maybe be more affordable. Well, we
1: hope that you guys enjoyed this episode if you did go ahead and leave us an amazing review we love reading those if you haven't done so already and if you haven't been following us on instagram at anxious like you please go ahead and give us a follow that way you'll stay up to date on all of our upcoming episodes and any amazing things that we're doing such as live events and anything else that might come up in the future thank you so much
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join the Anxious Like You community by following at You on Instagram.
1: See you in the next episode.